You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. What's going on, MVP Podcast listeners and loyal listeners for another episode of the MVP Podcast. I am your host of the most, Mitch Gibson uh, with HRM Insurance Services, and I'm joined by the one and only, the flood guru, Mr. Chris Green, all the way down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, which he's in a different city, it seems like, every single week. But Chris, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man, and looking forward to uh, changing some lives today. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Mitch. Now, I guess to kind of get into the nuts and the bolts of, of why I wanted to you know, get you on the show one, you, you, you are a content creating genius. Um, you have followed the path um, of some very influential um, uh, people in our industry on the marketing, marketing world. Um, you, you, you took some information from a, a very powerful individual, Mr. Marcus Sheridan, and you've, you've kind of glued, your, glued yourself to his process, his system, and you've built a phenomenal product with the Flood Guru and, and now, now doing things all over the country, speaking to you know, young agents, speaking to realtors associations. You're, you're changing the world of the flood insurance um, industry. And uh, it's a pleasure to be able to have you on the show and talk a little bit about what you're doing. And it didn't, it, it all didn't just fall on your lap and you, you know, you hit the button and next thing you know, it, you're out killing everything. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. Um, what was it for you before we kind of dive into the content stuff? What was it for you that kind of made you flip a switch to um, being, being heavily involved in the digital, digital market for what you're doing on the flood insurance side? Was it, was it a specific you know, were you struggling with something? Were you like, man, I'm just not seeing any, you know, return on investment. And then you ran into Marcus Sheridan. Kind of take us down that path a little bit. Well, you know, actually it was a little bit of both of it. You know, I was reading Marcus Sheridan's book. I was in the auto and home life industry and I had it since 2009, but I was bored. I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. I enjoyed video though. And that's when I ran across Nicholas Ayers was back in 2018. And I did a 30 day challenge. And I say, like, look, let's just do 30 days of video on the auto and the home life side. Let's just see how it changes our business. Let's see how it changes our engagement. So I did 30 days of video. And I was like, man, the engagement, the impacts it's having, you know, we're getting these huge responses. So Dick had a course back then called Made You Look Video. Uh, I think even before he had Better Agency, where he was teaching video students. And so I was one of the first students in that group. But one of the things that Nick taught me was how to be uncomfortable in video, like, you know, people that didn't feel comfortable, like you had to tell a story about your uh, family's vacation, those kind of silly things that get you comfortable on video. Well, when I got through that, I started taking that course. I said, you know what? We're going to commit to one year of flood education videos. And the driving point behind the videos was I got tired of people asking me these questions. I got tired of people coming to us in tears. They had lost everything because they were told by somebody either they didn't need something or something wasn't available. And the big thing they kept saying was, I wish I would have known that was available. Maybe I wouldn't be in this situation. So then what I decided to do, because my master's degree is actually in emergency management with a focus on flood mitigation. So the day I started my master's degree was actually the day Hurricane Katrina hit. 
So I studied Hurricane Katrina for two years. So I said, we're going to spend the entire year traveling the country. We're going to address all these flood issues across the country. Because I never want someone to come to us and say, or anyone, and say, look, I wish I would have known that that was available when it wasn't. And I said, the only way to do that is to actually travel these areas. Because what these companies were doing, some were providing information on flood insurance. It was very generic. And people were like, look, that's great. But what's happening in New York does not really apply to me in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so that's why we made a goal of, of going city to city and addressing this issue so people understood locally how it was going to impact them. They knew before it was going to impact them, and they knew exactly what to do, whether it was flood insurance, disaster assistance, walking people through a flood insurance claim, how to mitigate their property, a flood map update that's happening in four months, knowing that your property is being placed in a special flood hazard area. Now, those are the kind of things that we travel the country. Well, I got to the end of the year, and I had started blogging, had started podcasting a little bit, and we did a year of video. And my Facebook Messenger was blowing up with questions. And this is where Marcus Sheridan, uh, where I committed even more to him on his day, ask you answer. You know, his big philosophy is just obsess over your customers' questions, which is exactly what we were doing. So I kept taking those Facebook messages and I kept writing them down. Well, we got the 500 videos. I was like, we're going to keep this thing going. So we got the 750, then we got to 1,000. And now we're about to hit 1,200 videos in 1,200 days. But what I tell people, I said, look, we are an educational organization that owns an insurance agency and owns some other divisions. And I said, that will always be our mindset. And that's why video is so important to us, blogging, the podcasting. I said, people come to us for one reason, it's education. And they also come to us for three reasons. Either we can help them understand their flood insurance, we can help them understand their flood risks, or we can actually help them lower that risk. Now, the, the thing that I love the most about what you just said, Chris, was the being familiar and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think if, as we, as we're sitting here talking to these younger agents, um, myself included, I think the single most important thing that you need to be, you know, need to do now and establish it now, if you're in your first couple of years is being uncomfortable, being very comfortable with uncomfortable situations, because you're going to find yourself in uncomfortable situations the rest of your life, especially in this career questions. You don't know questions that someone throws at you. You might be on a commercial account. You might be sitting at the table with a personal lines customer and they throw you that question. You don't know how to answer that. You know, what's your, what's your pathway of getting that answer quickly to them to make sure that they're understanding, they're understanding one, what they're purchasing and two, the, the, the agent that they're dealing with. So the education piece, and then also just being, being very comfortable with um, uncomfortable situations. 95% of the time, it's people behind the microphone or behind a camera that are very uncomfortable with their situation. You, I'm sure you look back at it, you work at video one, Chris, and now look at video 1200. You're like, man, was I, was I bad? Or man, was I, I would have done something differently. But that's the, that's, the, that's the fun and enjoyable thing about the process of learning and educating others is you see that return on investment for yourself and it brings you self-happiness and then makes you want to go make more videos and continue to educate individuals because the more you educate, the more you will receive back from, from customers. And that's just what you have done. Um, uh, a lot of want our customers to feel like through video, we are reading their mind. So someone goes down the street and someone's answering their questions and they come to us and they're like, look, I could trust that person more because you're telling me an answer. They're showing me an answer. Did, did, the learning, like the learning center. So you have that learning center now that you've been building for months. Um, and it's absolutely pretty, it's actually a pretty cool product. I, I've been checking it out and I love, love what you do. You're continuously doing work on it. Um, a lot of people think that you've got to spend tons and tons and tons and tons of money to record a video. 
what was the first, how was, what was the first video that you did? What did you record it on? I'm sure you didn't have a ton of fancy gear. might've been an iPhone. What, what, what do these young agents need to look into potentially to, if they're going to want to do, you know, video work, uh, want to go out on a job site and record some content with their contractors. Um, they don't need to go out and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on, on equipment. Do they, Chris? No, no. I had originally, I had a Canon camera. I spent a couple hundred bucks on using, but I didn't use it that much. I was still using my iPhone a lot. Now I've got a mirrorless camera now. I use for a lot of still stuff. If I'm sitting there doing a video for a while, but I'll be honest with you. I mix that up between that and my iPhone. When I'm walking down the street, explaining a situa- situation, giving a solution. And the reason is, actually, that video works better with my audience on YouTube. And the reason for that is they see that, that it's real. Hey, I've just picked this phone up. I'm walking down. This just popped in my head. I need to get this information to you as quick as possible. So we do some A-B testing between using the phone and just using my regular camera and standing there. Like yesterday, I shot three to five videos just using my camera. The day before that, I shot two or three videos using my phone. And so we actually rotated back and forth a lot. Um, but the most I ever spent on the camera was about a thousand bucks. But like I want to tell people at the end of the day, I will take a hundred dollar produced video with a great message over a $10,000 produced video with a bad message. And that's, that's how easy it is. Like that's that easy. Pick yes. up your phone, you go spend 20 bucks on Amazon for a tripod or a gimbal of some sort, but the context you got to, for, for your content to be successful, you got to have good, good curation. Okay. You got to have t- context with it. And my favorite thing, and we'll talk about this is the consistency piece. Okay. So the consistency piece, I think is what, where glues all this together, Chris, cause you could, we can create videos left and right. I'm guilty of it. I've got so much stuff like raw content videos in this folder that's just sitting on my laptop doing nothing. Um, I haven't been very consistent with putting stuff out, which in return is going to hurt me a little bit. How important is the consistency when it comes to, you know, social media algorithms, um, showing Google that you're putting stuff out there? How, how important is putting stuff consistently going to affect your ROI? I'll tell you, if somebody says to me all the time, oh, you were great at doing this. No, I said, no, I said, I was average at all the things. But the one thing I was very good at and very intentional about was consistency. Because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't care how great you are, how, how average you think you are, consistency, consistency is what's going to win. Because what happens is, yeah, like people, even myself, I was like, you know, I'll probably get the 10 flood videos. I was like, there's no way you'll get to 100 flood videos. I'm like, we're almost to 1,200. Like I tell people, though, it's the same thing when I tell when I'm working with consulting with someone, they're talking about their numbers. So you're looking at the month, break that month down by day. It's going to feel like a much more achievable goal. Just like shooting one video a day. Guess what? End of the year, you've almost got 400 videos. It's then just like that. Just like that. And the time management, I talked about time management with these loyal listeners all the time, to be completely honest with you, because that's something that I was very piss poor at, um, you know, as a, as a second, third year agent, I just wasn't very, very good with my time. And in return, if I would have just shrunk down some things and spent, you know, time blocked off certain, certain parts of my day to do a podcast like this, to do a video, I'm not stressing to push, you know, try to get it out and re- record it, edit it. You've got to actually have time spent for that specific task. And you, I mean, you've now gotten to the point where you're producing them left and right you've got the system, you use Vidyard, which we'll get talking about that a little bit, because a lot of people, once they record the video, their next step is, what do I do? So after the video is recorded, I guess on a, you know, beginning to intermediate stage, uh, educational side, what, what would that next step look like to you uh, when it comes to, you know, editing or pushing it out? Editing, like I said, you know, if you look at my beginning videos, my videos look a lot better now. 
but I'm actually not doing really much of the video editing anymore. I do every now and then. Um, I actually hired a virtual assistant team that helps with my blog writing. They help with my uh, video editing, my thumbnails. Literally, what I do is we see the topic, I shoot the video, I shoot the podcast, and our team takes care of the rest now. It wasn't always that way, though. When I first started, I got up, I was in the office at 7.30 in the morning, and I was producing content until 9, 9.30. Then I did my day. Content was out, ready to go, because I knew if I got into my day, I'd get distracted, and I'd forget to get it out. So I knew that I had to knock it out first thing every day. And that's exactly what I did for more than two years, every day. Now, there's something called um, blocking, basically. Uh, what I do is I may shoot three to five videos on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I may take an hour on Tuesday and shoot video, an hour on Thursday, and then I've got a week full. Because what I try to do is I try to batch. I try to stay about a week ahead. But what I tell people is you don't want to stay so far ahead, though, that you're not discussing current issues, if that's your goal. And that's our goal, is sure. that I don't want to put a video out 45 days from now that's not really relevant. So that's where you can kind of start. Is, you know, that time blocking is huge. You know, do it before you come in or in the evening. Now, if you have a family, of course, in the evening, it's going to be really challenging. You're getting tired and all this. So that's why I've just found, you know, before the day starts, knocking it out. And for me, what that looked like then was editing a video and writing a blog and shooting a podcast. And it took me about an hour and a half to two hours to do all that each day. Now, I shoot the video about five minutes. I shoot the podcast in about five minutes because none of my podcasts are more than five minutes. They're strictly an audio form of my videos. I send it to our team and they usually have everything ready to go the same day. Which is beautiful. And, and I think too, like if you're just getting started, there, there are a lot, like if, even if you go to Fiverr, I mean, there, there's tons of cheap places that you can find somebody to edit a three to five minute video or two to three minute video and it'd be 20, 25 bucks. It just depends. But I can also tell you the, what, what I did, which I'm glad and thankful I, I jumped into it head first um, is just, I taught myself and learned watching YouTube videos there. I get it again. What I do, I learned by watching YouTube videos, how to use premiere pro. I watched someone who was putting content out there for free to educate people like myself who are, you know, the, the dummy one Oh one of, of premiere pro. I learned how to do, I learned how to use Premiere Pro. It took me like two years. I still don't even know probably a fourth of it, but I knew enough to get my videos edited, recorded and out the door in a timely manner, just like podcasts. You know, I made a, I made a promise to myself that I would do my best every single podcast from start to finish, not have to edit anything because me having to do that, me having to go back and clip and piece everything together. That's when, that's when the time, the, the, the time, it takes to complete that video expands. It just keeps expanding. But as you get, as you get more experienced and you start really doing it and being consistent, it becomes easier to do the videos. Like Chris said, you can, I, I movie on Mac. That's free. Um, if you have a Microsoft computer, just video creator or video editor, you can do that. There's, there's little, you know, title sheets that you can use or title graphics that will that you can use for free on there as well. A lot of the stuff that we're giving you and a lot of the stuff that you're not just here from Chris and I, but from other people out in the industry, uh, they all started by using free products. I still use free products. I'm using a free product right now recording this because it can be done at a very cheap and reasonable price to produce videos. So the whole, I don't have time, the whole, I don't have the money because I'm a new producer and it's, you know, I'm, I'm hunting to put food on the table before I do anything else. It, what that is, is just an excuse. That's an excuse. 
nine to five is not going to get it done. Chris and I were talking before we got on the show. Chris was up till uh, God knows how I probably one, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, uh, working on development of a, you know, continuing the education piece of another project that he's working on. I mean, there's just so much stuff that you can always be working on, but I will tell you, and Chris, I want you to, this will lead into the next topic here. Um, by doing that, it just makes your mind more creative. You probably, there's not a day go by that you don't walk down the street or you get in your car, you wake up every morning and a new idea of a, a piece of content pops to your mind or a new, you know, a new educational video that I need to come out. I was scrolling through, you know, news and there was a flood, there's a flood article that I wanted to give my two cents on that flood article. Content ideas just continue to flow the more that you're putting out, cure, you know, curated and very, very contextual, contextual content. Is that Would you say the same? I, it's the reason why I sleep with my iPhone next to me at night is because I'll wake up in the night with an idea and, and I'll forget the idea the next morning. So when I wake up, I go straight to my iPhone, I put it in there and I go back to sleep. It's also where I carry my iPhone and something pops in my head. We go straight to the notes. We put the idea in there. A customer asked me something. I was like, you know, I said, we put it out this way, but the customer asked it this way. So let's put a piece of content out on the way the customer is asking us. So we're giving them information based on how they're asking it. Uh, my team has to bring 10 different content ideas to me every single week. We almost never use those ideas. But what happens is, though, those ideas trigger something in my brain that creates a different piece of content. And that's the goal of it. That's that's the beautiful piece of it is you'll come up with ideas. But the main thing you need to do, make sure you're doing is writing them down or putting them in a you know note or typing them out on a note file or using OneNote or something to where you can go back. And, you know, as you're as you're reading through your ideas or content that you've previously recorded that wasn't relevant at the time, or you just didn't think that it was going to have enough traction, um, current events, stuff like that, because you will go back and use those ideas somehow, some way, whether that's changing it up or, or, or anything in that nature. Um, Cause I will tell you the more content that Chris creates, the more that you, you know, put out there, you got to have a place to put that stuff. And then with your mind always racing or your mind always thinking and having these ideas, you know, is, is, for a young producer or a young agent, obviously the number one focus is write more business. Um, very important for them to not get off track too much because of the time management piece. Do you find yourself ever getting off track, you know, taking away from maybe what's your core value of, of, of maybe the, the flood insurance world, or are you more so, you more so that's, that's, this is, this is my primary priority every single day is this content. And then you've got the team to support you or what does that look like? Actually, for me, it's focusing too much on revenue. Uh, that's going to sound crazy to a lot of people. But like I tell them, we are an educational organization. It's what got us here. And it's what is always going to continue to fuel us. If we do the activities that we need to do every day through education, we'll never have to worry about revenue. Same reason why nobody on our team gets paid commission. They all get a salary. They all get a portion of company revenue. So as the company grows, so do they. Because if they focus on the education piece, we don't have to worry about everything. But like I tell people too, it's also a mindset thing. So like these newer insurance agents, remember, either you're a media, a marketing, or an educational organization that offers insurance. And you should have that mindset when you're talking with people, when you're out there remembering those things. You know, yes, you write insurance and you have an insurance license, but how are people going to get to you? How are people going to know about you? One more time for the people in the back, Chris. One more That's time it. for the people in the back. You're either a media, a marketing, or an educational organization that offers insurance. I don't care I what that. line you're in. I don't care if you own a you know a pizza joint. You are a marketing organization that owns a pizza joint. 
So as you look and whether it's a virtual assistant, uh, virtual employee or whoever, or what, what are those core values that you're looking for? Are you looking for a marketer? Because I've heard Bradley Flowers say it quite a bit. When, he, when, when he's hiring somebody or when, when he's got someone interested in working at portal insurance or whatever, I think it's important just to so as him that they hire somebody who knows how to market and brand themselves. Because if they're very good at marketing and branding themselves, what do you think they're going to end up doing too? They're going to help market and brand the agency. They're going to help market and brand your guys's your guys's mission, your core values, what the agency is about, what you guys do, what can what things in the community that you guys support. And I think it's very very important. And there's a big misconception of people just because you're an insurance agent doesn't mean that you don't have other tasks and other things that have come along with it. Um, what you get as an independent agent producer, whether you're on salary commission, you get a chance to almost kind of start your own business. You get a chance to start your business and you get to grow with your business. You, you, you're doing that right now. I mean, you, you started this business and you're growing it and you're seeing, you're seeing, you know, that, that horizon that you've been looking for, you know, for quite some time, but damn Chris, 1200 videos is a ton. 1200 videos is a ton. Where are all these 1200 videos going and what are you doing with the content? Uh, they're all going on my YouTube channel. Generally also going on my Facebook. Recently we started putting a lot of them on TikTok. And then I'm putting them all on Vidyard for right now. That was the platform that I agreed to go with for our learning center um, because Marcus Sheridan actually wrote a book with the marketing director for Vidyard, Tyler Lassard, who was a good friend of mine. And so I went to them and negotiated because everyone wants to limit you on bandwidth when you, when you get into an insane amount of videos. It could cost you an arm and leg. And trust me, it still costs me dearly. But sure. one of the things I loved about Vidyard was when someone's watching a video, I can have the form for my CRM pop up. They click it. When I go to my CRM, I know they watched this video. I know they clicked the CTA and they submitted this form. Now I can go back and watch my return of investment on that video. No, that's where we made our money. I've got an About Us video I put on our website in November that has generated $7,500 in revenue since November, and I've done nothing with it. It's just been there. And it took you five minutes to create. Submitting the form inside of it. Then it starts the funnel of our virtual assistant doing our quoting, our office manager communicating with them. And many times when our office manager picks up the phone, it's to finalize everything for them because not only have they found the video, they have found our other videos, they have found our blogs, they have visited five pages. And so they've collected all the education information they've wanted to collect by the time they got on the phone with us. So when they were on the phone, they were ready to make that decision. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed, let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual intel, that's with two L's, that's virtual, I-N-T-E-L-L, Com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel. Cast certified.
So the the video that you create can be used for multiple different platforms, right? Like you can't just, you don't just, you can't just, you don't just use a video and you put on YouTube and hope for the best. You're putting it on a lot of different other places, whether that's, you know, I guess paid or organic post. It's the authentic piece. I think that makes your content makes the content so good, Chris. It's you're, you're, you're putting on, whether it's a, you're putting on a hat that's got, it's a literally shit or you're putting on an elephant hat or you're putting on um, anything else that you've got. Like you're being, you're trying to grab the attention of people. Yeah. Um, you're doing it in an authentic, authentic way, whether people love it or hate it, you love it. And that's all that matters. And it's driving, it's driving revenue to your agency because of you being yourself. But it's also important to make sure that you're putting it on places that everybody can see. You can't, don't just put it on one. Don't just put it on the other. If you're creating so much content, put it out there for people to find it wherever they're at. And I think that's, that's very important. If I may wear those hats in those videos, but I wear those hats in person as well. Oh, I know you do. I gave a presentation where people really pushed back on me for wearing the hat. Before I agreed to go speak at this meeting, I told the people, Hey, I'm going to wear this hat. If it's a problem, let me know. I use this to help you understand what I'm talking about and help you relate you know, that's who I am. They had a pushback. They asked me to remove the hat. I refused. And I continued to give my presentation. And I was like, look, you brought me here as an expert on this to talk on this. This is how I present. And, and they, they also understood that someone's like, oh, I, our community never has to worry about flooding. You know, it's never going to happen. They saw the hat. And I said, it does happen. And I said, that's the whole point of the hats, though, is anytime I wear these hats, it's not just silly hats. It's wearing the hat to relate to what I'm talking about. If I'm wearing an elephant hat, I might be talking about elephant in the room. If I'm wearing a Pinocchio nose, I'm probably talking about some kind of myth that I'm disproving in the, in the video or a unicorn, how rare something is. Like I'm using all these things to relate to the topic. Just like when I shoot my videos, you'll see that I've never, ever shot a video in front of a green screen. They're all been shot locally or on site because like I tell our team, if my videos are on mute, I still want you to know what I'm talking about. And you can see, like, you can see that you can see your yes. atmosphere that you're in, like, which is important because you're like giving, you're putting in real perspective of, Hey, here's, here's a flood zone that I'm standing in. That is, you know, you, you, whatever that might be, wherever that's at, it gives, it ties that, that, that consumer, that person watching the video in to really get a good feel of the, 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 lo- the locality of it and, the, and, and where you're actually located and say, Oh, well, that makes sense. That's, that makes a lot of sense now. Like our video editor was adding videos today. He didn't put any text at the beginning. I said, look, our videos on mute. You see me standing there, but people have no idea what I'm talking about. I need, if that video's on mute, I need them to see what's behind me and a title at the bottom that kind of relates to what they see behind me. So now they turn the volume on. I said, because if not, they're just going to keep moving on. Sure. We've got to give them a reason to tune in. How important is the, uh, how important is the title of a video, especially on YouTube? I think it's pretty, especially you know, when you're talking about title, tags, descriptions, all that stuff is really important when you're researching, you know, the keyword terms and all this stuff. Now, what I will say is, you know, we don't have that many subscribers on YouTube. Everyone's like, oh, you should have so many more subscribers. I said, you're right. I probably should. But I don't really market the channel that much because I use it more of education. So every time an insurance agent usually reaches out to me, I go to the uh, YouTube channel. I find a video that relates to what they're asking me. I find their blog and I find our uh, podcast. And then I send those three things to them. One big thing is, hey, I've got this mortgage company that's pushing back and tells me private flood insurance is not acceptable. I send them a video, I send them a blog, and I send them the podcast. In the blog, it's directly linked to the FDIC's announcement back in 2019, which now tells them, hey, we have to accept this. This article is actually directly related to a government release. 
And then they're like, wow, it worked. I said, yes. I said, that's the point of the content. A, it gives you the authority. It gives you the trust, but you're connecting these things to trusted sources that are being put out there. And you're giving someone something for free. You're adding value to them without doing any work for them. I mean, you, you've yep. done the work realistic on the back end. But when you've got that hub of where your videos are and you're answering those questions, you know, like you said, Sheridan said, be the master of answering customer questions or inquiries. Like you handle those problems, you solve those issues and handle those problems via content. So the next time Susie calls and you need, uh, you know, she, she's got a long-winded question about specific flood zone that she potentially is on, a, uh, she's going to be in on a house that she's purchasing in, in a month. You know, you can send her that quick link. She shares it to that mortgage lender, that real estate agent. What do you think the mortgage and real estate agent are going to do? Who the heck's this guy? I'm going to go look him up a little bit more because I, so I could have defeated or I could have avoided telling her she needed this or type A, type C, type B, whatever the zone is, you know, instead of that, she just, I can send people directly to that page or heck, next thing you know it, they've got it embedded on their real estate website or their mortgage company website. That's key. I mean, it's, it's the, that's where the creativity of how can I take this hub of stuff and get it to as many people as I can, um, you know, and it'd be there for forever. That's the best thing about the content, Chris, is it doesn't go away unless you remove it or you have a hiccup in your system and you have to re-upload everything. You know, that- it's just like with our referral partners, like I tell them, I said, don't tell them that you're sending them to us for the flood. Cause now you've basically thrown the relationship in the garbage explain to them that we are an extension of your team that we're basically your flood department. And I said, guess what? We're going to build a video explaining to them how we're an extension of your team. In that video, I'm on the right talking. On the left is our logo and that other company's logo coming together so the customer can visually see the partnership. Correct. Then the video, the customer is being redirected to leave that referring agency a Google review. I said, you always want to remember that. And I said, the reason is we don't want you to make, to make you a generalist. But what we do want to make you is a one-stop shop. And what I tell people the difference is a generalist tries to offer every kind of insurance in the world. A one-stop shop is someone when someone thinks insurance, they think Mitch Gibson. And that's what we want your clients thinking. Yes, we're here helping with the flood, but we always want them coming to you first for anything, anything yeah. insurance related. We're here to make you look like a rock star because if you have a customer for life, so do we. Correct. And one thing too, that we talked about, that was a topic of conversation we needed to discuss on the show for these younger agents is the, you said it, you know, you're, you're generalist. I do 17 different things and I'm average at five of them and good at three and okay at the rest. The older you get into this industry, the longer that you're in it. And I'm in the same boat right now as I'm starting to narrow down my focus and niche on my three commercial markets that I am going to be, be, what I'm striving to be the best at in the industry as far as educational wise. So for me to be able to educate other, you know, uh, like the HVAC world, I've got to get educated about the HVAC world first, right? How important is educating yourself other than CE and people, people don't take CE, I think as, as serious as others. Some just use it as I got to get my 24 hours in and be done with it, or I got to get my 24 hours in three flood and be done with it. How important is the continuing education piece outside of the required CE, especially when you're teaching other other individuals? Not everybody got got the got the uh, you know risk mitigation background and then flood like you did during Katrina, which helped out a lot with your education. But it's it's extremely important that I don't think agents understand first thing when they get in. So the big thing for me actually, I spent a lot of my time studying the private policy forms, studying the NFIP manual. One reason is I help a lot of these private companies actually build their flood products. But one reason is you know, I can sue myself for that manual in those forms because what people have no idea is that forms change from carrier to carrier to carrier. So when a claim happens, you don't want it to be a surprise. Now, you want to be able to read in between the lines. You know, if a carrier requires 90% replacement costs, 
on a policy, but never else requires 80%, what's going to happen claims time? And those are the things you need to be consuming yourself, understanding these forms, understanding these manuals, you know, on the products that you're offering. You know, like um, I have a picture on my Facebook page that says, be so good that they can't ignore you. That's, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite sayings, actually, Chris. That's always been my goal on the flood education parts. I am educating myself and our team every single day, reading that manual, looking at every flood map update, how these things are changing. An article I just sent my team today was about some risk changing on the Pacific Coast and the Gulf Coast. What are these going to look like in 20 years? You know, how do we use this information to apply to a situation today? Because uh, one big thing we're discussing right now is coastal flooding, but not on the coast. We're discussing it on the Great Lakes which has one of the greatest exposures that's overlooked. And so those, those are some things we're spending some time. Right now, it's snowmelt season. Coming in the spring runoff, the threat that's causing. So those are things we're consuming ourselves. Hey, what happened in the Nebraska flood three years ago? What could have been fixed? What could have been predicted? How can we use those things to help people in 2022 so that that kind of disaster doesn't happen again? True risk mitigation. And I hear, that's, I hear you say mitigation, mitigation, mitigation all the time. You're constantly doing that. Like that's, that's, but the con the consistent, again, the consistency of you talking about it and what you do, you've created, you, your brand is very known now, right? You know, you, your brand wasn't just, you know, by the, by a snap of the finger, it took all this hard work that you've put in the last couple of years. Um, and, and the conversations you've had with some really, really, you know, higher up uh, in, individuals in our industry, um, other than Marcus Sheridan, I mean, who are, who are some people you kind of, you kind of, Maybe not that well, it's look up to or you try to you try to engage in what their podcast is, stuff like that. What are your some of your favorite uh, your favorite podcast or educational pieces out there? Uh, one is, of course, Jason Cass, because sometimes he'll have guests that really make me think outside the box. Uh, one of them the other day was with Sydney Rowe and they were talking about, you know, HubSpot. Well, I'm a HubSpot partner. I built our AMS on HubSpot. So things like that rewire my brain. David Carruthers. Because, you know, he takes that very similar risk reduction approach first. Doesn't even discuss insurance. Education. So, I mean, we have a call together. That's right after this. We have a call every week where we're just, you know, bouncing ideas. If I've got questions, he's there. And so actually what, you know, what he's taught me, I'm actually helping other people with video in the industry. I give them an hour of my time every week, whatever they want to discuss, whatever they're struggling with. You know, we had one lady who was just getting into video. I got her on the vidyard and she sends me a message last week and says, hey, I just sold an $11,000 commercial policy off of a vidyard video because a gentleman said I stuck out to him because I sent him a video and I went through everything and he said he was ready to do it and he did it the same day. I love that. And, and that's, that's what I think the biggest misconception in this industry is for people that are agents or producers or in the mail pay on stale agency that the 1980s um, is they just, they don't understand the importance of reaching out and asking for help. I think I talk about this a lot, but Chris, like you, you said you're offering up an hour of your time and talk about video, like coming on the show. This is helping people out because there's a lot of people out there that don't understand video. I mean, the amount of content that's consumed on LinkedIn and the insurance industry with people talking about content, creating content, and here's a free ebook of how to create insurance content 101. Well, it's it's great and all, but how are, are you going to take it and actually do something with it is the other piece. Um, you know, and like someone takes an hour of your time, Chris, and says, hey, Chris, let me kind of hop on a Calendly invite and take take an hour of your time or 30 minutes of your time to talk about video content. And then you get share with them those those tips and tricks. And six months later, you see that they didn't do anything. Like, Somebody jokes me. They're like, well, you're a waste of your time. They said, how is this even helping your company? And I'm like, I said, where do you think they're checking our videos out? out? Where do you think they're learning from the videos we're doing? 
they're usually hanging out on our website. They're usually hanging out on our YouTube channel. So when they have a flood problem, they're going to remember who to go to because they're going to also remember who was willing to help them when no one else was. Correct. Disaster assistance. When we walk people through disaster assistance, we get nothing off of it. The problem is that no one else is willing to do it. And that's why we do it. Every single time a new flood disaster happens across the country, we shoot new videos for that local area, teach them what disaster assistance is, what disaster uh, loans are, you know, are they a good fit for them? What are the long-term impacts, the short-term impacts? How do they get qualified? Every single flood disaster across the country, we shoot particularly for those local areas just on that. So people know exactly what to do. You know, and that's, that's the, that's the fun part about what you get to do now. Like you've, you've built this, you've built your, your program, you've built your business, you've built your brand um, to where now this is just a, it's a, it's a fun hobby for you. Like you're, you're into that point where you're enjoying your career, you're enjoying life, you're enjoying helping other people Um, for, for those people out there, those younger agents, you know, what would you say the biggest, the, you know, some piece of advice, you know, whether that's being patient, um, giving it time. Because insurance, the insurance industry doesn't just, you don't just walk into it, speak like the game of baseball. Game of baseball doesn't know you crap. It's earned. Same thing with the insurance industry. You don't, you don't just walk in the insurance industry and have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business that's just sitting on your plate ready to be wrote. I mean, you got to bust your butt to get it. But the great thing about it is you stay and you give it patience and you, you, you work hard for the industry. The insurance industry will give back to you. I tell people, be careful. Don't give it too much patience because, you know, what I tell people is, hey, look, I wish I would have transitioned to independent at 28 instead of 35. You know, look where we would have been had I gone niche focused when I was 28 compared to 38. You know, I almost waited too late to do it. You know, I wish I would have done it younger. You know, I was in the industry for 12 years. I was a captive agent for almost nine. Maybe I should have just been a captive agent for four. Sure. What kind of impact could it have had? So. As I tell people, you know, that I tell that three to five year mark, especially if you're a captive, if you just got into insurance, that three to five year mark is maybe a good mark to make that jump because now you've got the experience because it can be challenging becoming an independent agent and just getting into insurance. And it could be a, you know, a double uphill battle. You know, thankfully for me, I've been in a while. I was like, man, if I was trying to get into insurance and I started my own company at the same time, that could be really challenging. Now, I got lucky. My brother made me use his business coach for the first two years. And that's probably what kept us up in the first two years. Because he had me using things like the Harvest app to track sure. our time. We were doing non-standard auto. And the Harvest showed me how much time we were wasting on non-standard auto on servicing requests. It also showed me when we decided to leave auto and home. We tracked everything through Harvest before making a decision to see where our time was being spent. And we still do it on flood, on different requests, different types of policies, the mitigation to determine, hey, where's our time best spent? Do we need to send this to a VA? Do we need to automate it or do we need to delegate it? Time management. It goes back to That's it, man. Like the learning center, man. Yep. And building this learning center, I have literally worked on it till 3 a.m. the last six weeks. I mean, it's been four years in the work, but with our virtual assistant team, you know, they've been working on the t- a lot of the tagging on the backside, building the thumbnails. I've been making sure some of the other stuff is, is correct. But then what I've done is tried to hand off about 80% of them. But let me focus on the 20% that really needs my skill or my attention and let them handle the other 80%. It's the delegation piece to reduce time to focus on, on the, to narrow that focus even more because you, you're really the only person I know that's out doing this at a high level on the flood insurance side of things. I mean, you, it, I don't, I haven't seen anybody else. I mean, I really well, haven't. There's other companies out there, but like I tell them, you know, you're never going to hear from us, get a cheap quote. Cause like I tell people, look, what good is that cheap quote going to do you in the middle of a claim? Or what if you could have known there were claims in the property before? 
you know, getting a cheap quote is never going to change the risk. And it's our job to help you understand the risk, change the risk, and create long-term rate stability on your insurance because we did the first two things. Love it. Chris, you're going to love this part of the uh, episode because I don't think anyone else does something like this. And, and I love it because I feel like I've actually, I do something on a podcast that no other insurance podcasters do. Um, but I got five rapid fire questions I go into. Uh, I'll end with a serious one that has back ties, ties back in the insurance world. Um, but the five questions are kind of goofy. They're all over the place. Sometimes they're in a row. Sometimes they're on uh, in the right order. Sometimes I don't may not even may forget a question and add a different one in there. But start out five, five rapid fire questions with the flood guru, Chris Green. What is your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Strawberry. If you could visit any place in the world. For 24 hours, where would it go? London. Is there a reason why? You ever yeah, been? I, I've been uh, scheduled to meet with Lords of London for two and a half years and COVID keeps pushing it back. Well, hopefully that happens here. 2022 is looking pre- looking looking good in the visual preference. I love it. No, it's uh, going to be 2023 because they had to push everything back from the other years as well. Uh, so they're really behind then they're really behind. Well, that'd be fine. I can't, well, once you do that, we'll have to, we'll have to get you back on. I want to, I want to be the first one to hear about the uh, Lloyd's of London trip. That'd be, that'd be a blast. If you could, if you could spend 24 hours with anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Marcus Sheridan. Why is that? Because of, because of the way he's taking care of you or because of what he's taught you? What's, what's the, it is, but it's the way his brain works. I like I tell people, you know, I like to be around people. Their brains work different than I do and their brains work similar to mine does because that makes me completely rethink things and look at things differently to me. And that helps me grow. That helps me expand. That helps me stay uncomfortable. And that's what I want to do every day. That's why I did it with the Learning Center. It's got more than 5,000 pieces of content. I was like, oh, you're really putting yourself out there. I said, you've got to be willing to put your outside, yourself out there to move forward. you got to be willing to do something no one else has ever done from an agency standpoint with this amount of information. Separate yourself from others, do something differently. If you could give anybody a piece of advice, whether that's in life, whether that is in this industry, just getting started, uh, what would that be? Pick up your phone and start recording. It's almost like, what is that? Is it a, that's a from um, Wolf of Wall Street. He says, what are you going to do? You're going to pick up the phone and start calling. I love that. That's hilarious. But you need to do a parody off of that new video. Pick up the phone and start recording. I love it. Good stuff. Last question. This is six because I really want to ask this question a few minutes ago after I started asking the first two. Um, But you got three tips for creating video content. If you have three tips, if you have five, that's fine too. But if you had a few tips of video for creating video content for the youth, for the younger agents, I about said for the youth, like I'm some older gentleman for the younger agents, what would those three tips be? First, listen to your customers. Just simply listen to the things that people are asking you, write those things down, create a spreadsheet like we have. It says video blog podcast, just to stop what you're going to do with that content. Each time someone asks you a question, put a mark by it. End of the week, go to your team and a Google sheet, see how many marks each question has. Then you decide which piece of content comes first. Wow. I built a learning center. was the biggest investment. I can tell anybody who's started age two, whatever. I can tell you that the learning center will completely change our business forever. And I wish I would have done it five years ago with just the resources you're providing to people, but, but, but the people coming into you for Uh, Not just from a lead generator and everything else, but think about all these questions you're on the phone, maybe answering 30 times a day. What if a learning center could answer a lot of those? Hey, when do I need to update the mortgage on my insurance? How many times do you answer that every day? 
I love that. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, that's probably the number one question I get asked from an insurance agent that's a referral partner from a mortgage company is, hey, oh, so uh, how much do they do? Well, monthly payment? Do you quarterly payment? Do you do, you know, EFT? What, what do you semi-annually? What do you, what do you suggest I pay? And what are the fees? Well, guess what? It's paid in full bill by your mortgage company, paid through your uh, escrow account. You're paying that's part of your monthly mortgage payment. Boom. So we actually have a video on payments for that exact reason. It just gets asked 976 times. I guarantee it. I mean, it's simple. But my question is, and might be a double-edged sword, why are those mortgage companies not explaining that piece in the process earlier on? I think a lot of them, because what happens is just like in the insurance world, they're using mortgage terms. You know, we use these fancy insurance terms. A lot of people aren't going to understand, just like in the medical field. You know, when you go to the doctor and they start using all these fancy terms, you don't know what they mean. They may use a different word for, you know, they may not even know what an escrow account is. Sure. Hey, just tell me you're going to pay it every year. You know, they may not know what the word escrow means. Well, you know, simplify it. So that's what we also try to do through videos. Like, tell people, say, look, think on a sixth grade level. You know, don't use these fancy terms, especially when we're writing articles. You know, be simple. Answer simple questions. Take these fancy terms and break them down for people. I love it, Chris. Chris, if anybody, I know you had offered it up earlier and you said you, you'd let anybody take an hour of your time or 20 minutes of your time, 30 minutes of your time. If anyone wanted to get a hold of you um, to discuss maybe some you know other video ideas with you, kind of get, get a plan together with them, sit down and explain what, you, what you've created, Learning Center, just basic videos, YouTube 101 stuff. Uh, how can they get a hold of you or get in contact with you? Um, is there a specific place that they can book some time? You can just go to our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. You can email our office generally, which is flood at floodinsuranceguru.com. Or you can just call my cell phone, 205-440-7910. Chris, dude, I appreciate that. Anything else that you want to, the uh, floor is yours for a few seconds. Anything else you, you have for the public? Anything you're working on? Anything that's coming up that maybe people need to pay attention to in the flood world? Yeah, we got the learning center. That hopefully, it will go live the week of February 22nd. It'll be more than 5,000 pieces of flood education content filtered by video, uh, articles, and podcasts. It, let me tell you real quick who it's for and what you'll find there. It's for investors. It's for property owners. It's for realtors, loan officers, insurance agents, and even title companies. What you're going to find there is understanding commercial flood insurance, residential flood insurance, private flood insurance, uh, the national flood insurance program, you know, FEMA cancellations, loan types. How do those impact your influence? Foundation types, uh, flood mitigation, how to get disaster assistance, you know, every single flood map update across the country will be on there and it will be updated every single day as these maps are happening to help people understand what to do before it actually happens. So that's what you'll find there. That's who it's for. If you're on there and you can't find what you're looking for, let us know so we can put it on there. And it's just going to be floodinsuranceguru.com backslash learning center. Bingo. And what I'll try to do too is I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Cass. I'd love to do a Facebook live of some sort of your learning center and kind of, you know, as we can slowly go through and help people, you know, learn why having a learning center is so important, uh, whether that's for their designated niche or um, because I, I truly think that if, and I think Ron Hanley does a pretty good job of this as well, but construing the what topics and how long do I need to make a video? You know, where do I upload it? What's the quickest and most efficient way to do so? Um, you know, there's just, I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information within that learning center that I think can benefit and teach other people how to start their own. So I'd love to, love to maybe have you, have you on a Facebook live to do that. But Chris, man, I appreciate your time. Appreciate your energy. Keep, keep grinding. Um, don't, for uh, if I could give you anything, don't don't worry about what other people think about you because you're you're a hell of a dude and you're always one to help. And I appreciate guys like you forever. Well, thank, I appreciate it, Mitch. Thank you.
Absolutely. Chris, for, for Chris Green, the flood insurance guru, and your boy, Mitch Gibson, uh, thanks for listening to the MVP podcast. And always remember that you can make a difference in someone's life every single day for the show. That's it. Have a great rest of your week. Take care.